Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night, United. And uh, we're going to say some things from the Word of God tonight that I believe are going to help you. They're going to encourage you. They're going to help you in your walk of faith. Uh, God bless everyone that uh, is joining us tonight on this uh, Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, We're so blessed that you would come out uh, to the house of God and be a part of what God is doing. Uh, You know, some uh, number of weeks ago, the Lord spoke to Pastor Michelle and he said, uh, these words, he said, the, one of the first things that he said was that we're entering into a season that is going to require the walk of faith. And what came up in my spirit, because she followed that up by saying, it, it, it doesn't mean that there's going to be something wrong or something bad. And what came up in my spirit was there are things that the Father wants us to have that are going to, it's going to require faith to receive them. Now, when we talk about walking by faith, and and we're going to get into our scripture in just a moment, but when when you talk about walking by faith, um, there is a varying degree of what that means to believers. All right? Now, in our circles, in Word of Faith circles, uh, to a lot of people, walking by faith is just simply not walking by what you see. And I want to I be clear about something, that walking by faith involves not walking by what is seen, yet that's not the whole of walking by faith. All right? It involves it, but it's not the whole, all right, of walking by faith. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, the apostle, this has been our golden text throughout this teaching. The apostle Paul writes, and he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And this is an explanatory statement. It's a parenthetical statement. It's there for explanation. It's there for clarification. In, in other words, there are things that we want. There are things that we're moving toward. And the way that we have to do it is to walk or conduct. Uh, One translation says, the Amplified Bible says, regulate our lives, conduct ourselves by our conviction. All right? And it went on and said, thus we walk not by sight or appearance. All right? And so I, I want you to understand that the focus then is this regulating our lives, conducting ourselves, all right, by our conviction, by our faith, all right, that's how we walk, not by something seen. And so as believers, the manner in which we are to live our lives is by faith, all right, I'm supposed to live my life by faith, and Again, walking by faith will involve not walking by what is seen, 
But that's not the whole of it. Because over the years, uh, I've, I've run into people, and their idea of faith is just not either paying attention to what is seen or uh, denying what is seen. They'll go to the doctor, and the doctor will say, well, this is what we found on a scan or a test or a picture or whatever. Well, I don't receive that. I don't receive that. I don't take that bad report. Well, you're not supposed to take the bad report in the sense of taking it in and receiving it and making it yours and believing it. But here's the thing. It's there. All right? To, to see it is not to walk by it. I walk by faith not by sight. I walk by what I have received as truth, what I have received as my conviction, not by what I see. What I'm convinced of will always trump, always move, always displace what I can see. All right? If I'm walking by faith. Do, do you understand that? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so, walking by faith is, involves not, and I should say it this way, not being moved by what is seen. All right? But that's not the whole of faith. In uh, Hebrews 11.1, 1, we've, we've looked at this verse a lot in this series too, and uh, we'll probably continue to look at it, but... Uh, Hebrews 11 and 1, of course, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So notice where walking by faith starts. It starts by being convinced. All right? If you're going to do something by one thing or another, you're convinced that you can do it by that thing. All right, so walking by faith starts with being convinced. And we've talked about that, that word faith, the, the Greek word for faith is pistis, which is a persuasion, all right, being persuaded, a conviction based upon hearing, all right, the conviction that something is true. So faith is not merely knowing something, Faith is being convinced of something. It's being persuaded. It's being convinced. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? It's not just knowing something. It's being persuaded of that. It's being convinced of that. So when a person who is, who is believing God for something when they look at a circumstance or a situation and they get to that place where they say, okay, I am persuaded. All right, remember Paul, he said, I am persuaded of this, that neither life nor death, all right, nor angels nor principalities, things present or things come are able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. I'm persuaded. I have faith about that. I am convinced nothing can separate me from the love of God. All right? That, that, is, that is a statement born of conviction. 
All right? And so faith is being convinced of something. I made the statement Tuesday uh, when I was teaching healing in one of our healing schools. And I made the statement that, you know, people nowadays, a lot of times you'll hear believers, they'll say, well, you know, brother, how are you doing? How, how are things going? And they'll say, well, I'm believing God. And what that means is, no, it hadn't happened, but, you know, I'm hanging in there. Well, now think about this. If you have believed God, what do you believe? You believe that God has done what he said. You're convinced. All right? So faith is not just knowing something. It's being convinced of something presently. So the proof then is not in the end result. The the proof is in the believing. The proof is in being convinced. That's the proof. Oh, hallelujah. So when did I receive? When I was convinced. When I was persuaded. All right? And then in that circumstance, I begin to regulate my life by faith. Hallelujah. Where, let, let, let me use an easy example. Where our finances are concerned. Pastor Michelle and I's finances and the church finances. You know, we've, we've often talked about uh, uh, when, when God began to reveal his will for our lives in the word concerning our finances. And, and you know, uh, uh, sitting in that little rental house and, and jumping up and declaring, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Well, here's the thing. What happened right then? I became convinced that what? I'll never be broke another day in my life. I became persuaded. Now watch. I was just as broke as I could be. Naturally. Physically. No more money came to me. Didn't happen. But I was convinced. So notice, it took me the better part of 40 days to get convinced. Now, I was already leaning that way, but I got into that 40-day period of time and did nothing but feed on what the Word said about that, and conviction came. Persuasion came. Faith came. And so, when I heard the man of God say that, I jumped up and said, I'll never be broke another day in my life. And not only did I mean it, I meant it because I was convinced of it. Amen. Amen. You know, there are things that you can tell somebody, now look, I mean this, and you're no more convinced of it than anything. You can't mean what you're not convinced about. Just can't. Hallelujah. Do you understand? Listen, now I'm telling you, I mean this. This will work if you do it. Well, if you're convinced, you can mean it. If you're not convinced, you can't mean it. All right? Now, from that moment on, from that moment of conviction, that moment of persuasion, our life just got better financially. And better, and better, and better, and better. Like like any person that's that's living in this world, we we had challenges, we had things that would come up, but, but our faith was at a place that if a challenge did come, we could, we, could, we could believe God because we were convinced. 
Amen. And, and that translated over into our ministry finances. We're, we're convinced. We are so convinced that we can't fail. So convinced that every need is met. Now notice, not every need will be met. Every need is met. If, if you've asked me to do this, then the provision is there. Oh, hallelujah. So see, I received when I was convinced. I didn't receive when my checking account balance reflected it. I received when I became convinced. Oh, hallelujah. See, that's why numbers affect people. That's why reports affect people. Because they weren't convinced. You, you, there comes a time when I have to be convinced. I received when I was convinced. Now, what do I do between the time I received and the time the manifestation arrives? This, is, this, is, this, this message is going to be crucial to your faith walk. What do I do? Because, okay, I believe I received. And I'm not just saying that. I'm not confessing that only. I'm saying, I believe I have received. And I'm convinced of it. Well, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, we'll see a little bit of this. Ephesians 6 uh, 13 and 14. It says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Now, so there is a stand to faith. And notice, not a hanging on, a standing on. You're standing on something. And we won't take the time we've talked about this previously, but faith being convinced is the substance, the substructure, the foundation, a thing stood on is what it says in the Greek. All right? So faith is standing on, not hanging on. Not barely getting by, all right? Not, not blowing like a, 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 a kite caught in the wind, all right? Just twisting in the breeze. Tie a knot and hang on. That's not in the Bible, all right? A lot of people preach this verse this way, though. After you've taken everything and you're beat up and you're about wore out, just keep hanging on, brother. That's not what it says. That's not what it says. As a matter of fact, if you read this where it says, uh, 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 having done all to stand, the, word, the phrase in the Greek is having overcome all. Having overcome all. So what does that mean? You have taken everything the enemy had to throw and you overcame it all. So you're standing in a place of victory. If you're in faith, you're in a place of victory. You are never in faith from a place of defeat. I'm in faith from a place of victory. 
Why? Faith is the victory. If I have faith, it can look like I'm defeated, but I'm really victorious because I have faith. Amen. Faith will change defeat to victory. Now, now what do I mean by that? Because if you're in faith, it doesn't mean you're not going to face a challenge. And you can face a challenge that looks like, oh man, we just got whipped. No, no, we're in faith. We've won. Right? We've won. Maybe, maybe the enemy of the circumstance kind of rallied, but that's okay. That's why he said, having overcome all, stand. See, there's a stand in faith. There's a stand there, a stand, not a hanging on, not a barely getting by, a stand. The uh, NLV Bible says, so stand and do not be moved. The Shuttleworth New Testament says, and stand victorious and uninjured. Oh, glory to God. Victorious and uninjured. Well, it makes sense since the shield of faith quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. There's no injury because it couldn't get through. One translation says, yes, no matter what happens, you're able to stand firm and to remain standing. Do you see that? This stand of faith. So I've got to understand that the first thing that I have to do is stand. You've got to make a decision that I'm going to stand. The verbiage here gives the indication I'm in charge of whether I stand or not. Not the devil and not God. I'm in charge of whether I stand or not. Amen. I've had to learn over the years I'm in charge of whether I fear or not. Whether I'm afraid or not. I'm in charge. All right? I'm in charge of what I believe or don't believe. Amen. Hallelujah. I've said something over the years or something similar to this over the years. That, you know, if, if, uh, if you're walking through your house and you turn the lights off in your house... And, and you have a, a thought or a, 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 a sense, you know, fear tries to come on you. you. You better not go turn that light back on. Because you're in charge of whether you fear or not. I had to learn that. I, I had to learn that over my life. I had to learn that in the natural. There are things you just, you just got to do them. Because you're in charge of whether you're going to be afraid of it or not. You're in charge of whether you stand. All right? I'm in charge of whether I stand or not. It's, it's up to me. I'm either going to make a stand or I'm going to fall back. It's up to me. That's why he said you take the shield of faith and you put it out in front of you and you do that every day. Amen. And the shield of faith quenches every fiery dart of the wicked. So he lets us know that everything the enemy throws your way will be stopped and absorbed by faith if the shield of faith is out in front of you. But by the very, uh, uh, by the, by the very indicator that Paul says you've got to take it, 
I got to pick it up and I got to put it out in front of me. Why? Because you can, you can put away faith. Paul said there were people that concerning faith, they'd put it away and they'd become shipwrecked in their lives. Why? They put faith away. Do you understand? If it's something that you're supposed to conduct your life by and regulate your life by, you can't go a day without it. Every day is a faith day. Hallelujah. Now what happens? We're going to get into some points of what we do, but what happens when you do something every day? You get better at it. You get stronger. Is that right? You, you, you find out how to use it uh, more correctly. You find out the quickest, easiest way to use it. Just the reality of it. Because I'm doing it every day. And every day. Have you ever done something every day for a while and then took six months off? And remember what it was like when you started back? You had some muscle memory, but it just wasn't the same. Right? You don't ever want to be the believer that remembers what it was like to use faith. Amen. I was in the gym one day, not, not too long ago, about three weeks ago, four weeks ago maybe. And uh, uh, there, there's a certain area of the gym that, that, that I always occupy when I'm there, usually, because uh, uh, mostly on most days, the same people go, and it's this CrossFit area that I like. I, I, I do weight training a couple days a week, I like to run a lot. And I, I was there working out, and a, and a lady came in, and she was starting an a exercise class upstairs, and she was passing out her flyers, and she came to me, and uh, she gave me a flyer, and, and she said, she, in the uh, 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 process of the conversation, she said, well, you look like a runner. I said, yeah, I do. I, I run, and, and we got talking just for a moment. And she looked at me, and she said, yeah, I used to run. You know, when I was in college and high school, I ran cross country, and, and I used to run. And then she said, I don't, I don't even know if I can run a mile now. I haven't ran in so long. Well, here's the point. You don't want to be that person that looks at somebody and goes, you look like you know how to use your faith. And they go, yeah, I do. I, I know how to use my faith. Use my faith every day. Yeah, I used to use my faith every day. Guess what? If you're not using your faith every day, there are things that God wants you to have that are not coming your way every day. If you're not using your faith every day, there are things that are not coming your way every day. Oh, glory to God. I believe that I have received. That recently, we've talked some about this. I don't know that, that we've talked about it uh, in the Kansas location. Uh, this may be your first hearing of it, but uh, recently we were going to uh, record some uh, television broadcasts, and when they went to record the television broadcast, there were some things that weren't working properly, and upon investigation of all that we needed to upgrade our cameras for the, the best quality of our live stream and our television broadcast, it was uh, 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 brought to our attention that we needed $11,000, right? To, to just upgrade the cameras. That's what needed to be done. Amen. Well, Pastor Michelle called me. She called me on Monday. 
And she said, we were going to record, and this is what happened, and, and this is what we found out. And so we immediately said, Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive our $11,000 right now in Jesus' name. We receive it. It's ours. And I said in that prayer, I said, Lord, this television ministry is a blessing to you. You told, you told us to get the word out on every available voice. You told us to cover Arkansas. You told us to do these different things. And so we believe that we receive it in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see this? Tuesday morning, Tuesday morning, I'm in my office and Pastor Michelle calls me. And, and I knew something was up because she said, uh, can you uh, add Ron to this call? And I said, yes, I can. And she said, and then can you go in Jim's office and put it on speaker? Amen. And if Brother Jim was there, I could say, I walked in and, I, and, and, and when I put it on speaker, I told him, I said, I bet our money came in. Amen. You say, well, what happened? A ministry friend of ours called and said, and begin to talk about the, 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 the uh, 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 television ministry and begin to talk about the shows they had been recording. And they made the statement, they said, you know, we've been getting such feedback from these shows. And, and uh, uh, they, they, they said, and Pastor Michelle said, well, that's good. And they begin to talk about uh, the things that, that we were talking about upgrading and these different things. And the person said, well, now I know my part. She said, the Lord has been telling me that I need to do something for your television ministry. And now I know. And they said this. They said, we'll give you a check for $10,000. Less than 24 hours after we believed we received, it's paid. Amen. Now, people say, I wish I would get that quick of a turnaround. Use your faith every day. Every day, every day, if you want to run five miles, you've got to start off running a mile every day. Amen. And, and then if you want to run a marathon, you're going to run five miles every day. And between 10 and 15 on Saturday. But you can run 10 or 15 because you've been running five every day. You've got to exercise your faith every day. That, that's up to me. Amen. Standing in faith is staying connected to what you have received. You're staying connected to it. Amen. You've you got to understand that. Because a key to receiving from God and maintaining what you've received is staying connected to what you've received by faith. Glory to God. That's standing in faith. Don't overcomplicate it. Standing in faith is refusing to be separated from what you said you received. It's up to me if I'm separated from it. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the children of Israel could not enter in because they were not united by faith to what was preached. One translation says they became separated. Well, whose choice was that? Theirs. Whose choice is it where you're concerned? Yours. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So when you say, I believe I have received, then you have received. Because you believe you received. Does that make sense? 
But people go, well, I believe I received. And that's just a word of faith slogan. No, I believe I have received. The, the only thing now is just the physical manifestation. That's it. Because I believe I have received. A a amen. Now, Romans chapter 4. I'm going to hurry a little bit. We'll get you out of here and you're our power and you can get home to what you need to do. But in all honesty, you have nothing better to do than being here. Nothing. Nothing better to do. You know, I, I, I mean, I, and, and I always have to be careful uh, around the holidays. Because, uh, you know, people travel and people do things. And I'm not against anything that anybody's done, any traveling, any, you know, people going, doing what they do. It's all good. I thank God for our families. But, but, but think about this. People will prepare. Oh, Lord, help me. Well, I'll say it this way. There are believers you know and I know, they won't darken the door on Wednesday night. But they'll sure enough, prepare to travel all day Wednesday to get to go to Thanksgiving dinner at Mama's. Amen. See, your priorities can be determined by your emphasis. What is a priority in my life I place an emphasis on? Amen. These things that I'm teaching you tonight, you have nothing more important to hear than this. N nothing. Nothing. Not a family gathering. Not, in a, not a meeting. Nothing. Because the word that's good, you are going to refer back to what I'm going to teach you tonight again and again and again and again. You can live without turkey, but you can't live without the word. Amen. That's so important. Glory to God. Now, moving right along. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations. Of course, speaking about Abraham. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong, notice, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So these verses give us the key ingredients that enabled Abraham to become the father of many nations. Amen. Number one, he placed his emphasis on God's picture and not on the natural picture. It says, who against hope believed in hope. The Weist Bible says, who being beyond hope. Now think about that. Beyond hope. We have no record that Abraham had a medical diagnosis, but he was able to ascertain, I am beyond natural hope. Right? 
We know hope is an expectation. So what's that mean? I have no right or no ability or no reason to expect anything from my natural body. That's the picture he's up against. I think sometimes we read that story of Abraham and we kind of miss what he was up against. The impossibility of the circumstance. He's a hundred years old. Sarah is 90. And not only was she barren, she had been barren her whole life. The Bible says it had ceased to be with her after the manner of women. Hebrews 11 says at this time she had no natural strength to receive the, the deposition, the depositing of seed. Her body was not even capable of receiving seed. It was dead. So we got two naturally dead people that God says you're going to have a child. Oh, glory. And it says that's the picture that Abraham was faced with every morning. Every night. Hallelujah. Do you see that? But notice, who being beyond hope, on the basis of hope, believed. Oh, glory to God. And notice, it says, in order that he might become the father of many nations. In other words, what it's saying, if he does not believe in another picture, this can't happen. Oh, glory. So, Abraham saw the natural, but he believed God's picture. Isn't that good? What did he base this hope, this picture on? What was spoken? It, it says right here, against hope, believed in hope. The last part of that verse, according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. Woo, glory. Boy, that's shouting ground. Amen. Genesis 15, you don't have to go there, 4 through 6. God, what God said, he told Abraham, this will not be your heir. One that comes out of your own body will be your heir. And, and verse 6 of Genesis uh, chapter 15 says, Abraham believed God. Abraham believed God. So when did he receive? The moment he believed God. So when did he become the father of many nations? Genesis 15, when he believed God. Amen. See, do you see where your emphasis is important? You place your emphasis on God's picture and not the natural picture. Number two, point number two. He did not allow his faith to become weak in spite of seemingly unchanging circumstances. Oh, glory. The ASV Bible says, and without being weakened in faith, he considered his own body now as good as dead, about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb, yet, oh, I like that, yet 
looking unto the promise of God, he wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith. Notice that. Being, in other words, he, we can say it this way. He considered his own body, and he considered the deadness of Sarah's womb, and it didn't weaken his faith. Oh, hallelujah. So what does that mean, he considered it? He realized it. He knew there's no natural hope. But it didn't weaken his faith. Think about that. Pictures, circumstances, reports. They're designed to separate you from what you're believing. And yet Abraham was faced with that picture every day and it didn't weaken his faith. It did not weaken his faith. Glory be to God. You know, I talked about a fast turnaround on what we were believing God for. But here's the thing that I've learned over the years. Honestly, if it had not have happened yesterday, it wouldn't have moved me because I believed I received it. I believed I received it. Am I helping you? I'm helping me. What Abraham could see did not weaken his faith. The Bible says, in fact, his faith grew stronger. Glory to God. Amen. It ought to embolden your faith when you come up against things you can't do. Well, glory to God. If I can't do it, then I know it's going to take God. So I'm going to put all my care upon Him. I'm going to put all my trust in Him. Lord, you can do this. I remember one time I was ministering. I was teaching uh, when we first started the ministry. I had a Friday night prosperity class that I was teaching. And I was teaching through the biblical laws of prosperity. And I had a, 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 a man in the church that was one of the elders. Uh, they called themselves the elders. And uh, he came to that class, and I was talking to the students. Uh, I say students, the people that were coming, about how they could believe God to be debt-free, and they could believe God for these different things. Well, he caught me outside after church. He said, now, you know, us old heads, we don't need to come to these classes because you know, we got our financial affairs in order. Well, I wasn't trying to help them get their financial affairs in order. I was trying to help them see what the Bible says. And he said, but you're telling these young people that they can get a house debt-free. I said, yes, sir. That they can get a car debt-free. I said, yes, sir. Well, he just didn't see how that was possible. Well, see, he didn't understand faith. Amen. Do, do, do you understand this? When you look at your house note, for instance, and it's ever how much it is, I mean your, your mortgage, not what you pay, your mortgage, the total mortgage, you may look at that and think, well, I can't, I, I mean, I don't have the money to pay that off yet. Are you in faith about it? Amen. My declaration over my home is I will one day write the check out that pays this house off. Well, when's that going to be? I don't have the faintest idea. But I'm ready. I got the checkbook. I, 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 I'm good at writing them. Did, did you see that? Abraham got up every day. 
and saw his body and saw Sarah's body, and it did not weaken his faith. Mm. Why? Because he kept looking at the promise and not the problem. He kept looking. It is, listen. Just like walking by faith, you, you, not walking by what you see. Remember we said in the beginning, that's part of walking by faith, but not the whole. All right? Well, here also, walking by faith is summed up in this. I look at the promise more than I look at the problem. See, you're, there's one thing you're not walking by, but there's another thing you are walking by. If you're walking by faith, faith, right? You're looking at the Word. You're seeing what the Word said. Abraham did what he did based on what was promised. Abraham didn't just get up one day and say, you know, I'd like to have a, a son at 100 years old. Sarah, what do you think? That'd be a good idea. Yeah, Abraham, let's go after it. No. God made a promise. I say God made a promise. So you're looking more at the promise than the problem. Now, point number three. He did not stagger concerning what God had said. The Amplified Bible says, No unbelief or mistrust made him waver. waver or doubtingly question concerning the promises of God. The Berkeley Bible says he did not in unbelief hesitate about God's promise. The CAB says he did not waver at the promise of God in unbelief. Now stagger in Romans 4 is the same word for waver in James 1, 6. All right? In other words... Abraham was never a man of two minds about this. Hallelujah. The, uh, uh, Berkeley that we read is so appropriate, he didn't hesitate. That's, that's what one translation says of James 1, 6. Uh, the man that wavers, that's hesitating, that's dubious. Notice what it said. It said, don't let that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. Now think about that. Wavering, hesitating. A man of two minds. Hallelujah. And one translation says he didn't waver at the promise of God in unbelief. So what is wavering produced by? Unbelief. Hesitating. Faith, when, if you're going to operate faith, be all in by faith. Don't hesitate. Amen. It's like, jump, it's like getting in a swimming pool. Just get in. Just get in. Yeah, but it's cold. Won't be. Just get in. Right? What, what makes that a, a tough experience? One toe at a time. Right? One in. I'll watch people. We, uh, on our vacation back this last summer, the, the, the 
cabins that we stayed in. Uh, they had a, a big pool there. And, and, of course, after we had spent all day at the amusement park, Lily wanted to go swimming. And so we'd go up, and inevitably, you'd see somebody. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm like, just get in. I wanted to go splash them. Just get in. Glory to God. Amen. Do you see this? This is Abraham staying connected to what he believed he had received. Not going to waver. Not going to hesitate. Hallelujah. Now, point number four. He became strong in faith, giving glory to God. Barclay says his faith was so strengthened that he praised God. Coney Bear says, but he was filled with the strength of faith and gave glory to God. See, your praise, you, you praise and you give glory to God because you have received something. I'm praising you for what I've received. I'm glorifying you because of what I have received. How have I received it? By faith. I'm convinced I've received it, so I'm praising you about it. I'm glorifying you about it. I'm magnifying you about it. Amen. That's one of the highest evidences of faith, is a constant praise and worship and glorifying God for what you've received. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. We won't read all of them. I want to read this first part. See, to worry about something is to say you haven't received it. If you worry about it, that means you believe you haven't received it yet. The Amplified Bible says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in every prayer, by prayer and definite request, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. That's the Amplified Classic. The Amplified Bible says, Continue to make your specific requests known to God. See, I'm not worried about what I have received. If I've received it, I'm not worried about it. But what am I doing? Glorifying God. Thanking God. Magnifying Him. Amen. So I believe I have received. Now, Lord, thank you. Thank you, I thank you, I believe I have received in Jesus' name. And then every time you think about it, Lord, thank you, I thank you, I received that in Jesus' name. I talked about that, that check that the person said they were sending. And uh, I was running uh, Tuesday morning when uh, Pastor Michelle talked to me Monday, and I was running Tuesday. And, and of course, your mind will start, well, what are you going to do? And, and, and once you start figuring out what you're going to do, and, and while I'm running, I said, no, Lord, I'm not touching that with my mind. I thank you. I have received it. I received the $11,000 that we need to upgrade, the equipment that we need to upgrade. And I thank you for it, Father. I rejoice for it. Thank you, Lord. I glorify you. And you know what happened? My, man, my faith rose to another level. Why? Because everything, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, definite request, and thanksgiving, Every time Abraham looked at his body, he said, Lord, thank you. I glorify you, Father. 
I glorify you that I'm the father of many nations. I glorify you that what you said will come to pass. It, that, that, that child will be born from my body. That child will be birthed through Sarah's body. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus. And what happened? His strength, his, his faith grew. And as his faith grew, his strength grew. His natural body was revitalized. His natural body was made younger. And the Bible says in Hebrews eleven eleven that Sarah received strength to conceive seed when she was past the age because she judged him faithful that it promised. If Abraham had to glorify his way in the manifestation, Sarah had to glorify her way in the manifestation. Glory to God. So this is describing my attitude when I approach God. I'm to bring this to him in an attitude of thanksgiving. Thanking him for it, not asking him for it. What you believe you have received, you don't have to ask for anymore. You glorify God for it, not to get it. You glorify God because you've already received it. Oh, that's good gospel news. Amen? Hallelujah. So right there, right there, just take a moment. Whatever you're believing, whatever you have believed that you received, just say out of your mouth right now, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I believe I have received this thing. And Father, right now I give you the praise and the glory for it. I magnify you for it, and I thank you that it's mine in Jesus' name. Now don't move off that. Don't move off that. In the name of Jesus, I believe that I receive. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. I trust that you received from the Lord tonight. I believe that uh, God has a lot of things to say to us further in this series. And uh, I'll be with you Sunday. And more than likely be ministering on this Sunday morning. Some of it, not this specific message, but uh, along these lines. And then, of course, Sunday night uh, we'll be ministering as well. If you can, any of you that can, uh, join us at 10 a.m., Saturday morning at Faith Builders in Raytown, Missouri. I'll be ministering for uh, Pastor Mark and Angela Gasway. They've asked me to come over and share some things. And so we're going to come over and share the Word of God with them, our Faith Builders family in Raytown, Missouri. Amen. We'll stand up, everybody.